0: Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods. Black garlic, black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possibly inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's my future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. And while supplies last, buy two bottles of Black for Health and get two bottles of Wild Oil of Oregano Free. That's a $55 value just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. MyFutureFarm.com/Slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today we're going to talk about uh, supporting heart and immune health, you know, one of the positive attributes of COVID, if, if there are any terrible toll in terms of death, misery, deprivation, a hit on our economy and on our morale, uh, is the fact that we have had a teachable moment about immunity, what constitutes immunity. And we're going to take a, a deep dive on uh, immunity and resilience with uh, one of our favorite uh, go-to experts He's Jim Laval. Jim is uh, a pharmacist, uh, a certified clinical nutritionist. Uh, he is a very, very excellent communicator, uh, and he advises uh, patients. And especially, uh, he does a lot of sports medicine with teams, uh, among which uh, include the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, the, he's really into hockey, I guess, because he's t- working with a lot of the hockey teams. Uh, even the New England Patriots, and uh, baseball teams as well, like the Houston Astros. So uh, he's also founder of Metabolic Code Enterprises. We've talked to him about uh, several of his books in the past. And uh, so without further ado, because I could take up the entire podcast uh, going through your qualifications, you are front and center in so many ways in the field of nutrition. Jim, it's a pleasure having you back.
1: Oh, always great to be on your show. I'm
0: looking forward to it. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, this is departing from the script a little bit, but how the heck do you stay so active and so vibrant? I mean, you're involved in so many things. You see patients, uh, you, you speak at conferences, you're on so many different, uh, uh, committees and boards. Uh, you, you're just, you know, a powerhouse. What, what is, what, what are some of the keys to your personal success?
1: Yeah. You know, um, I, I think, one, it's passion. You know, I got a passion for what I do. And I think that drives my desire to just get involved and move this whole notion of, you know, integrative care and the value of natural therapies, you know, into healthcare, you know, so I'm real passionate. And I think that's important. But I said, other, other than that, I really watch what I eat. So I'm big, you know, plant forward, lean proteins, you know, don't overeat, uh, but eat to fuel my body. I train regularly, so I do a combination of both aerobic and uh, and strength training. So I'll do intervals. I'll do, you know, walks. I'll do distance. Uh, I train with weights. Now, I mean, I used to be a big weight head. You know, I was competing in bodybuilding in my younger years. But, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, three times a week, getting after it pretty hard. And and then, you know, really try to shut down, too. I don't try to make the 16-hour day you know, anymore like I did younger in my career. I did, you know try to hey by seven p.m. I'm going to turn off the business mind unless it's something incredibly pressing, and I'm just going to learn. I'm just going to relax with my family and, and, and enjoy life a little bit. And I and I think those are really important keys. And of course, you know, I, I look at my labs and uh, I really pay attention to my health at the cellular level. You know, I, I want to protect my mitochondria i want to make energy uh, i want to protect my brain and and uh everything in between
0: indeed well it, it sounds like you you've arrived at sort of a balanced uh, formula through uh trial and error and you know your 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 own science fair project uh as i am trying <laughs> i mean the things we talk about you know we we try out we road test some of the the That's therapies right. and some of the supplements uh that that we espouse so you know uh exactly. we we put our our bodies on the line uh, to see if they really make sense. So uh, let's move to our subject uh, about uh, supporting a strong immune system. What are some of the fundamentals and some of the things, the lessons of COVID?
1: Well, you know, I think, you know, what was great about uh, about a very tragic situation and everything you detailed at the intro <laughs> is, um, you know, you got two categories of people. People had virtual happy hours and learned how to bake. Or they decided to get fit and they started for, for the first time. Don't you think, uh, Dr. Hoffman, if for the first time people actually wanted to understand their immune system, if I wanted to talk to people about their immune yep. system five years ago, they'd be like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I yep. don't know what it is. Don't I just have to worry about that during cold and flu season? And here, I think we finally understand that your immune system is working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and it is driving the process of either aging gracefully or a process called inflam aging or your immune system triggering inflammatory aging so the, what, the first thing that's super important is people have to get rest. And I, you know, I, I really like it when people end up wearing a whoop or an aura ring or an Apple watch and they start getting interested in, well, how did I sleep last night? Uh, because they start to add up that, well, hey, you know what? Having that alcohol, drinking that last glass of wine at 9 p.m. when you're laying down at 10, threw off your REM sleep. Uh, maybe you ate too much, uh, you know, stress. I could see the difference when I had a high stress day. Sleep's incredibly important because, you know, we know that when you sleep five hours a night, you're nine times more likely to get a cold or flu. That's a real simple formula. And we also know that if you're not resting, you know, know, very well and deeply, say you have apnea, for example, right? I think it's one of the biggest undiagnosed things in people is sleep apnea. And I think it's incredibly important because it leads to cardiometabolic disease and sudden death it's a it's a big deal um weight gain diabetes and and so i think getting plenty of rest and making sure that your rest is good rest not just laying in bed getting a deep sleep feeling rested in the morning key that's one um and i don't know you know your thoughts on that i know for me i find so many men uh, and women yeah we think that people with apnea have to have you know big bellies and you know they're overweight all the time it's not necessarily the case. Right. And, and I think it's, it's a, it's, it's too underserved of a topic. So sleep, big deal. Yeah. You know, no kidding. Don't, don't keep your cell phone on ringer by the bed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? but, yeah. Recently there was even an article that suggested that relatively small amounts of light, like might come through uh, your window. If you live in an urban setting where there's a lot of light pollution can actually uh, undermine your, your sleep quality. Maybe it, does something to melatonin or maybe it has an activating effect on your nervous system but uh you know darkness uh you know is paleo and uh we have uh darkness deficiency and therefore our sleep is sometimes fragmented you know and then there's this whole notion of the you know the heroism of uh, you know i only get five hours sleep and you know that and uh, know, eight cups of, of coffee a day. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Starbucks is flourishing. Uh, you find one at every corner. But uh, is is that really a way to sustain health? Uh Yeah, you know the 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 uh, pandemic has brought into the limelight such esoteric terms as comorbidities and T cells and B cells and immunosenescence. Yeah. I mean, terms that uh, the general public uh, was not acquainted with. We wonky. Uh, clinicians, of course, uh, learned about these things. But now it's in the popular lexicon. So I think that that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. And you know what? You brought up the big point. I mean, think how much caffeine is being consumed. I mean, I, I'm i ready for caffeine sprinkles to be at Starbucks as an additive when you <laughs> go over to dress your coffee. You know what I mean? I mean? It's like, no. And you know what? When you go into certain places to get a coffee, even say, a, you know, a quick shop or something, they've got those espresso shots to go in with the extra coffee you've got so you can triple your caffeine right and that's really a sign of an exhausted body when you've got to have you know i look i I like a cup of coffee so i'm not going to sit here and say coffee is evil but at the same time you know five cups of coffee with a triple shot you know you you and then you get into the whole energy drink side in addition to the apple same cake. You know, it came and the, and the and the artificial sweeteners that are linked to cancer now you know you've got these massive caffeine hits of 300 milligrams per per can and people are drinking two or three of those a day uh and it's pretty it's it's uh it that that becomes really important which is energy management right how how do i sustain good energy sleep is where it starts and you know then then you want to think about you know well what about the food I'm eating? You know, it was pretty well known that people that were overweight, people that were diabetic, people that were pre-diabetic, people that had heart disease, um, you know, were higher risk people for the pandemic. And and uh, it does make sense, you know, that the, the, the old terms that we like to think of that, you know, you know, you hear all the time, like you are what you eat. Uh, it really is true that, mm-hmm. you know, eating quality foods and you know, and and look I believe there's probably variations as to what's right for people probably three or four variations maybe but the one thing I know for sure people don't eat enough nutrient dense foods which are vegetables man you gotta you gotta get them in you can't have one a week you know and, and I talk to people and I know you've heard this Dr. Hoffman um, I don't do vegetables.
0: Yeah. right. I actually had a patient the other day and, you know, he said he, he was referring to one of those popular advertised, uh, you know, these uh, fruit and veggie pills. that are advertised on cable uh, right. TV. Right, right, and he, right. And right. he said, are they any good? And I said, well, no, you should eat fresh fruits and veggies. He said, and flat out, he said, I don't eat them. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, I... Right. I guess I'm, I, I'm living in a bubble because everybody I know and, you know, uh, eats a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, my family and my friends. But there are some people out there who, who simply don't. They, I don't know, that's maybe right. that's just you know, bad parenting or something like that.
1: Yeah. I, but, well, you know, there's not enough chocolate on the broccoli. Yeah. And, and the, the I mean, the reality is you got to think about it. When you're driving home from work and you get hungry uh, or, you're, you know, you get a little bit of a craving because you had a stressful day you know, what's at the corner sh- stores most of the time or, you know, or bakeries and liquor stores. I mean, that's just it. We don't have broccoli stores. We don't have fresh salads or we haven't we haven't done that that way. Uh, in our culture, I'd say that if you were, you know, in Sardinia and you wanted to eat something midday, you probably would go for, you know, some vegetables or a salad or, you know, fresh piece of fruit. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think culturally that's a challenge. And, and you know, you know, we, we, I know we harp about it as professionals, but you, you just can't escape the data that, you know, look at the National Cancer Institute 15 years ago was saying, eat nine to 13 servings of vegetables and fruit a day to reduce your cancer risk. Now, nobody's going to get that good, right? It's kind of hard for that, unless you're Spartans like us. But I'd say that for most people, just try to get five to seven servings in as a good start. Try with three. I have a lot of people that don't even get three servings a day and much less five, uh, so I think healthy food, important lean sources of protein. Great. Uh, watch. You don't overcarb and over carbonate. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't become a pastitarian or a breaditarian. And, uh, you know, you're, you're you know, that, that'll be a big start. Uh, you know, picking whole foods, preferably organic. Uh, preferably vibrant colors and and uh, lean quality sources of protein like wild caught fish, uh, grass fed beef, or or other you know foods that are quality raised. So that's really important. You got to eat in order to fuel your body correctly and have uh, a strong immune system. You know, I know the the next point I'm going to make. I know you are a huge advocate of, as am I, and that's getting people to move and I, I just try to get people to move as many times ten minutes at a time. Can you do a walk that, ten yep. minutes twice yep. a day?
0: Yep.
1: Can you do a 20 minute walk for me? Um, you know, and can you do that five days a week? And I think for a lot of people, just getting them to move, we know people can overtrain. And so I do want to address the fact that, you know, don't think that you have to run the next Spartan race or tough mutter in order to be fit. You know, don't get intimidated. It turns out that even moderate exercise like brisk walking has a dramatic impact in a positive way on your immune system, uh, you know, as, as, as well as your mood, right? And, and it'll help your blood sugar regulate. And over time, it'll help you to lose weight. Uh, and, and so I just encourage people, look, if, you, if you're an aggressive trainer, actually, hey, I'm training two hours a day, six days a week, that could stress your immune system, too. So uh, it's just important to realize there's a balance uh, mm-hmm. that you want to get to. And uh, so exercise, incredibly important.
0: Right. and There, there is a, there is sort of a, a happy medium. And it's sort of an 80-20 principle is that you get, uh, you know, 80% of the benefit from what for, uh, you know, real ultra exercisers might be 20% of the exertion. You know, you don't right. necessarily have to. Although uh, I like uh, to kind of challenge myself to see you know how far i can go running swimming biking you know, which are my hobbies um and you know a little bit of strength training to kind of keep up the musculature okay folks at this point let's uh, pause and let one of our sponsors share this message with you here goes As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional-grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, several stand out for their support of aging healthfully. PQQ, glutathione, and alpha-lipoic acid. PQQ helps support your heart and brain function and promotes robust cellular energy production. Glutathione supports proper cellular detoxification and healthy immune function. And alpha-lipoic acid helps maintain your neural health and helps preserve optimal blood flow. Each of these products takes its own unique approach to neutralizing free radicals and protecting us from oxidative stress as we age. They're only available from healthcare practitioners, but they're available to you at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance that's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors there what make intelligent medicine a continuing free resource to you and now back to today's guest jim laval uh so uh when it comes we you know we we talked about stress management we talked a little bit about you know how you personally uh try to live a balanced life. You're a super busy guy. But, you know, you also and I do this, too, is I make sure there's plenty of veg time, you know, just downtime, you know, unstructured time. I think it's very important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what? That's a great point. And I agree with you. Like for me, my I kind of have two veg times. Now, First thing in the morning Mm -hmm. when I wake up, I, I sit for about 30 minutes and just kind of let myself be at peace with waking up. And, uh, and then at nighttime, you know, yeah, I want to sit down with my spouse and talk about the day and maybe find a good show to watch or it's cooking in the kitchen together. You know, I mean, it's all those things are really important because, you know, one of the biggest things about stress hormones, I mean, in the end, stress hormones do these key things. The first thing that it does is it starts to wear down your T killer cell activity Uh, and so your T killer cells, which are the cells that get out there and fight the good fight against invaders, you know, they get either what we call T cell exhaustion, which is what happened to a lot of our long haulers. Like they just don't have enough T cells. Now they have T cell exhaustion. Um, Um, but so stress hormones do that. Cortisol, cortisol causes your blood sugars to go up and you, to become insulin resistant. It also starts to affect your what's called neurogenesis like how effective your nervous system is in your brain and then um, it you lose bone with cortisol and then probably one of the most important things to realize is that when they they've done a lot of studies on this when you flatten your cortisol curve meaning that your body's supposed to make a lot of cortisol in the morning then it drops at noon drops again at 4 p.m and drops even more at bedtime so you can make melatonin and go to sleep but when you flatten out that cortisol curve, so your body thinks you're fighting a tiger all, way, all day long, that is highly predictive for future cardiometabolic disease risk yeah. and f- future mood state risk in individuals. And so, you know, getting stress managed, you know, I, I went from telling people, hey, you know, do a Tai Chi class, uh, do get a yoga class, uh, hey, learn how to meditate. I, I teach them because everybody's so wound up and busy. It's like, look, can you stop at 12 o'clock mm-hmm. and do four minutes of box breathing to reset your nervous system? And can you do that again at the end of your work day to reset your nervous system?
0: You know, it's, it's uh, better than a martini. I mean, I, for early in my career, you know, it'd be, I'd have like a really challenging day at the office and i you know, I'd have a, you know, two fingers of of vodka, you know, cocktail when I got home. and then I realized that I could achieve the same benefit by lying out on a mat uh, on my back and doing some diaphragmatic breathing. I mean, it it sounds strange, but it actually can do a reset. I think a lot of people use alcohol as a reset when they're stressed and they they want to, you know, do a 180 and get into a relaxation state. Well, that's one way of doing it, but, you know, a a less toxic way of doing it in a more uh, natural way Uh, homeostatic way of doing that is through, you know, just a simple, uh, it's kind of a circuit breaker, you know, what what you described.
1: It really is the circuit breaker to your fight or flight response. People don't realize when they get under fight or flight that that signal of excess sympathetic tone tightens the diaphragm, which is, which then creates shallower breathing. And when you breathe shallow, you don't oxygenate, you feel more fatigued, you build more lactic acid up. And simple breathing a couple times a day. Look, you could get an app like Inner Balance if you want to get all technical. I mean look, isn't it pretty sad that we have to have a watch remind us that it's time to deep breathe?
0: <laughs> right. Yep. That's,
1: I mean, think about that, right? I mean that's pretty sad. I, I turn off
0: those <laughs> alerts, I find them annoying. Yeah, but, you know, time, I time, I get the point. Time to breathe. That, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. You should be doing it all the time. Yeah. So I mean I think it's really important. And and, and you know, I I kind of think one of the most important pieces to to this whole process is, you know, being in a positive state of mind is incredibly important. And and they've shown that, you know, I mean Johns Hopkins did a, a study on this in their school of medicine. You know, positive thinkers less likely to, you know, suffer a heart attack, even if they had high had risk factors. So I think there is something to, I think also when you feel positive and that glass is half full, the stress levels aren't as high on you, right? Because you have this belief that it's all going to work out. It's Mm -hmm. the old story of don't sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think that that makes sense, but I think it's a habit that you have to get into. Well,
0: there's a a psychologist. uh, uh, It's a Dr. Seligman who was really popular in the, in the eighties and nineties who coined the term learned optimism. And, one can learn optimism. One can also learn hopelessness as well. You know, through animal experiments where they shock them randomly, you know, where they don't know what's coming next, which is actually, unfortunately, the existence of a lot of people who are subject to a lot of uh, day-to-day stressors and poverty and, you know, insults and the threat of violence. Uh, They have learned hopelessness, but actually you can, through uh, an affirmative process, uh, regain your optimism quotient uh, you could do it through spirituality, for example. That's certainly a way to you know to to develop a spirit of uh, optimism and hope. So that 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 so shapes our destinies and changes our physiologies. Literally, you can you can actually document how the changes occur in various bodily systems.
1: Absolutely, it's it's so important, and uh, but it is something that I love that term, trained optimism. That's that's so accurate because it's so easy. Yeah, when you have a tough day or when you went through these last two years, right? Think of all the reports we're seeing now of the uptick and, you know, anxiety drugs being utilized, depressive drugs being utilized, mental illness. And I think we're at the front end of that. I don't think, you know, I I don't think we're at all peaked yet because, you know, you're still going to have a lot of folks. With these long hauler type of symptoms, which you know are going to affect the way they feel, and and you know, I I don't think there's anything that starts to kind of erode your hope or your sense yeah. of purpose than when you feel tired. So if you continually feel fatigued and, hey, my blood pressure is not right, I'm still dizzy when I stand, you know, I mean it, it starts to wear on you. And, and I think you know knowing that there's things you can do to work on it is incredibly important. And then setting that expectation of you know, hey, I'm I am going to get through this, and and uh, life is good.
0: Good. All right. Uh, and, you know, an important aspect of immune support. And, you know, this is this actually really been a boon to the supplement industry because uh, right. I've noticed right. that sales of immune support supplements have, have gone through the roof, notwithstanding real, some real serious supply chain problems. For a while, you know, you couldn't get your hands on, uh, uh, you know, it, it varies, you know, n or you couldn't get, uh, uh, you know, some of the things that, are, that support immunity. But uh, one of our favorites is uh, garlic. And uh, the form of garlic that, you know, we particularly embrace is the aged garlic extract, which you often talk about when you join us. Uh, Provide us with background on that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, the beauty of aged garlic extract is that it's so well published and studied. So, you know, when you buy a supplement, at least for me, I'm always looking at if I'm going to recommend it, I need to understand the evidence behind it as best that I can. And, and I don't really know of another nutrient that has the amount of publications behind it that aged garlic extract has. And one of the more recent things, because we always talked about aged garlic for cardiometabolic health, right? It's like, hey, it's good for your blood vessels and your, and, you know, it, it reverses vulnerable plaque and all of which are really important. But now we're starting to see this deeper understanding of it. Uh, University of Florida did a study with aged garlic extract, and it showed a couple of things which were interesting. One, it increased something called gamma delta T killer cells. And why that's important is they are really strong T killer cells that actually help you fight the good fight. So good, strong, mature T killer cells that are capable at knocking out vectors in your body. And at the same time, they also found that it acted as a a form of resistant starch so it actually oh. helped feed the microbiome it, it's a prebiotic. which a course
0: yeah
1: it's a prebiotic exactly um. so it feeds the microbiome which of course has a dramatic hmm. impact on our system as well because the, the you know microbiome signaling of the immune system in the gut you know it's you know the percent of our immune systems in the gut and uh, they actually showed that uh, there was a study with aged garlic that it reduced duration of a of, you know common cold or about with the flu by as much as sixty one percent and symptom decreases by twenty one percent. But a sixty one percent reduction in duration, I mean, that's meaningful, right? That's that's over wow. half. And uh, and I so I think it's it you know another incredible value to this you know, to this nutrient that just continues to be studied. And remember, this was in humans, not in mice. You know, we didn't. So, you know, you and I don't have to worry about if a mouse comes into our office, you know, <laughs> you know what to do. We know that this works in humans.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and I think it's really important to keep that in mind. So this is a really interesting finding. And of course, it makes a lot of sense because our immune system is intimately involved, as is our GI tract. And heart disease. So why wouldn't it have some metabolic benefits within the gut because of its profound effect on cardiometabolic, you know, different stressors?
0: Indeed. And because they're intimately related. Okay. Good point At which to uh, pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. You know, we've introduced the subject of uh, kaiolic aged garlic extract. We got uh, more to say on that because uh, Jim is always uh, bringing us new information about the latest studies. Uh, and how it may relate to, uh, heart health and immune health. Uh, more coming up in part two. Uh, just, uh, our call to action today is, uh, visit kyolic.com for more information. There, the formulas, and there's several of them, we'll get into that in part two, are available at local natural health retailers nationwide. And I got an interesting story about, uh, how I first came across, uh, kyolic aged garlic extract many, many years ago when I was a fledgling med student. I'm Dr. Hi. Ronald Hoffman, back with uh, Jim Laval in just a moment. This is Health, uh, this is Intelligent Medicine.